Even in the middle of a worldwide pandemic, the ground ambulance cost data collection preparation continues. In our Board and Collar podcast series, we've been slicing and dicing the online cost data collection instrument so you know what to expect when it comes time for you to begin reporting costs for your ground ambulance agency. In this episode, we continue with yet another look at Section 7, covering staff and labor costs. Today's focus will cover reporting medical directors and paid administration and facility staff. Okay, let's get started. And we're really glad you're with us today. Welcome to the QMC Board and Collar. News and thought-provoking discussion for today's emergency medical service professional. The Board and Collar podcast series is brought to you by QuickMed Claims, a national leader in emergency medical transportation revenue cycle management and reimbursement consulting. Now, your host for today's Board and Collar podcast from QMC's business development team, Chuck Humphrey. This is our third podcast episode in a row covering pieces of Section 7 of the Medicare Ground Ambulance Cost Data Collection Instrument. We've been taking a look at the online tool that will go live in 2021 for ground ambulance services to report costs to the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, or CMS, beginning for those agencies who were chosen to report in phase one of the stratified random sample. Section 7.2 asks the respondent to provide both total annual compensation and hours worked for either a paid medical director who is part of your staff and or paid administration and facility staff. You will be providing the total annual compensation in dollars paid to a staff medical director, along with his or her total hours spent performing the duties of a medical director. And then the tool will ask that you break out the number of hours worked annually that are also unrelated to ground ambulance duties if that scenario applies. Likewise, those persons who perform administrative duties or are facility staff members must also be reported in this area and across the same breakout subcategories as outlined above. Total compensation, total hours spent, and then the total number of hours worked annually for your organization that are unrelated to ground ambulance duties. So let's say, for example, you're reporting a clerical staffer, a manager, and a maintenance staff member. Your task will be to tally the entire amount of compensation for these individuals to report in the total compensation category first. And that's why you began at the beginning of the reporting period, collecting records of the dollars paid to these individuals. Next, you'll be asked to add up all of the hours that these individuals combined have worked. And again, remember, this is a total hours tally for all individuals reported here. So in our example, it would be for those three people, the clerical staffer, the manager, and the maintenance staff member. And then in the third subcategory on the tool, you'll be providing CMS with a breakout of the number of combined hours, again, across our example, these three people, work for the annual reporting period that were unrelated to ground ambulance duties. The same would apply for the medical director, although we anticipate that these individuals, if directly employed by your agency, are going to be a bit easier to track their time as they most likely play a more direct ground ambulance role in their medical director 
uh, role uh, without sharing duties uh, otherwise. Now moving to section 7.3, here's where we're gonna be accounting for volunteers. Now I can almost hear the comments. Why must we report volunteer labor? They don't cost us anything. Well, the quote unquote cost can be both in hours and time spent volunteering, or for those of you that actually do pay a stipend or incentives, there really is a direct cost. So keep in mind, the major stakeholders, notably the American Ambulance Association, argued very successfully that volunteer organizations must have a voice in this process, and therefore, volunteers are included in the cost data collection process. Now think about it, without the volunteers reporting in, there would be an inaccurate end result to this entire process as volunteers still make up a sizable portion of the individuals involved in ground ambulance transports. Now in section 7.3, you'll be providing the actual number of individuals who were volunteers during the data collection period, and you'll be reporting them by labor category. So the actual tally of the numbers of people. Beyond the number of individuals, you'll be asked to report the total number of hours worked for volunteer EMT or response staff by category, following the same format that we've outlined previously in our discussions on the paid staff reporting. Now we anticipate that this one area will present you with a challenge when tracking volunteers as they come and go and fly in and out of our business quite irregular, irregularly at times. And, and to make matters worse, just and a bit more complicated, uh, the hours quote unquote work for volunteers are defined as beginning with the time that the volunteer receives the call or the page out to, pr to provide the service for the incident until the time when they are completely finished with that call including time spent at the station, performing uh, duties such as maybe decontamination, restocking of the ambulance, prepping and finishing a patient care report, and any other duties that volunteers perform as part of their regular day-to-day -day, uh, part in the operation. But there is one break in all of this. Luckily, you as the respondent do not need to record any time spent that these individuals are quote-unquote on call and waiting for a page for the next run, those hours would not be part of this reporting. One caution we're gonna provide here, if there ever was a time when a paid ground ambulance responder, driver, EMR, EMT, vacates a paid position, but then decides to remain with your agency on a volunteer basis, that person will only be reported for his or her paid hours and not reported as the volunteer time that he may or she may spend later in the year. Remember, we warned before that each person reported in the collection tool can only be reported in one section. So such a person, as we stated, who may be paid and then becomes a volunteer uh, would not be reported at all in the volunteer area. It's just the rule. Of course, you'll be reporting the total costs related to your volunteer staff that are actual dollars and cents costs. Now these costs, as you know, can include stipends, allowances, honoraria, or even incentive points. And of course, how those points translate into a cost, such as presenting maybe a restaurant coupon to a volunteer who has responded to the most incidents uh, in a given year, uh, and therefore earns the most volley points in that month, and you're giving them the certificate in exchange for their points. 
Also, if your organization pays a nominal stipend, let's say $500 a year uh, to each volunteer, and then uh, even though your agency is directly paying that person, that person may still be considered a volunteer given the minimal amount of pay when compared to the number of hours that the person has volunteered. And to close out this discussion, remember that all costs associated with volunteers that are not reported elsewhere should wind up reporting here in Section 7.3. Remember again, do not double count costs in multiple sections of the instrument. And that folks takes care of our notes on Section 7.2 and 7.3. Be sure to join us for future Board & Collar podcasts and subscribe to the QMC EMS Board & Collar podcast series on your favorite podcast channel. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Thanks for being with us today and really more than ever during this very unusual time in history. Be safe out there. Thank you.